I personally can't wait for dressage. Hey, we got a silver medal in dressage today. I know. Yeah. Horse dancing. Horse dancing, dancing basically, yes. <laughs> I'm Michael. And I'm Tessa. And this is Civically Speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Hi. Well, welcome, <laughs> welcome to podcast number ten. Number Woo. ten. We finally made it. Number That's 10. a lot of podcasts. It is a lot of podcasts. <laughs> it feels considering... like it's been forever, but also like a week. Yeah. You know? Well, and we've done <laughs> ten in two months. Yeah. Less than two Oof. months. That's, that's not ten weeks. No. Yeah. Not ten weeks because there was a couple of those weeks where we did two. Ten in seven weeks. Ten in seven weeks. Wow. We're amazing. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we are amazing. Yeah. There's no question about that, but still. <laughs> I don't know whether the ten podcasts in seven weeks is amazing or not, but it's an accomplishment. It's on yeah. track it's with on track. having a weekly podcast. Truth. Yes. Truth. One might say. Especially when we're, <laughs> when we're about to take a week off, which, you know, we'll talk about that later. But yes. Yeah. We are going to take a week off. Yes. So, um, you know, the the summer of 2021 keeps, you know, giving us little gems and it's time for the Olympics. The Olympics have begun. Here, I got I got a little sound effect for you. (laughs) Hope you get you get used to this people because I'm going to play this at least the next week and maybe the week after that. so. (laughs) So that's now that's my ringtone now. Is the is the Olympics ringtone? It's so good. So they started last Friday, and I, you know, it, it's it's exciting. I love the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I love the idea of them. I love so many of the different sports. But it's so weird not to have people in the crowds there. Mm-hmm. It's just very odd. And you know, these athletes have prepared now for five years since the last Summer Olympics because they were supposed to happen last year. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about the fact that it's 2021 and we're still calling these the 2020 Olympics? I noticed that, Hold too. On. It's so annoying. Like, I guess that didn't register in my head. Yeah, it's Tokyo 2020. Yeah. It's still Tokyo 2020, even mm-hmm. though it's 2021. I mean, it makes sense to a Rebrand. degree. And it also bothers me. So, so I does that I mean that the next Olympics are 2024 or the, 25? They are 2024. So they have less time to train for the next They one? do. It's only three years from now. Less time to train. In fact, typically there is between 18 months and two and a half years, depending on exactly where the Summer Olympics are before the next Winter Olympics. But the next Winter Olympics are just uh, seven months away. They are in February of Whoa. 2022 because that's their biennial right, schedule. Right, because they are still on the correct Schedule. They are still on the correct schedule. Yes. They did not get interrupted by a worldwide pandemic. Lucky. I mean, it is lucky, uh, although I have a feeling they're still going to be affected to a large degree sure. by a worldwide pandemic, just given the fact that it's yeah. the the recovery of the entire world from the pandemic is definitely going to take longer than it, it seems to have taken here. And mm, we're, yeah. we're not out of the woods yet, let's be clear. Yeah. Well, and did you see this morning that... Simone Sweet Simone Biles. Biles. I did. I did. My wife and I actually were watching. The, the You can weirdly watch these things before the broadcast, and it's weird without any commentary and anything, but we were watching. and So, yeah, it seems, um, you know, uh, and, and I just want to say that 
There'll be a lot of people who are going to say some things that probably aren't very nice about Simone Biles because of this. She fessed up that this is really a, a mental overload for her, that she just wasn't in hmm. the right headspace for this. Well, yeah. But that's a lot of pressure to she be on is, one person. Yeah. The, all, the eyes of the world have been on her for years. She is a global icon. She's the mm-hmm. greatest Olympian Olympic gymnast of all time, without question. There's no question. To well, that. yeah, the mm-hmm. fact that there are so many things that only she can do. Correct. Mm-hmm. She and there are moves and named after her. Yeah. And yeah. then yes, she now she may still participate in the individual right, competitions. Just the team competition. This was is just the, right now. the team competition was just completed, and you all will know this by the time this airs. So this is no spoiler. <laughs> The remaining girls did did come back and win the silver medal, which is amazing. And they came pretty close. They had opportunities to get the gold. It's just, hmm. it's rough. Yeah. It's a rough business. Well, it's three, three athletes up and all three count. You have to pick three. And no matter what they do, their scores count. There's not like a everybody does yeah. it and you pick the best scores. It's mm-hmm. three up, all count. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I feel like Simone Biles must feel so much pressure because i feel like everybody is saying like well she's the reason we're we're gonna get the team gold she's the reason we're gonna do this and it's like damn it's a lot of pressure yeah, it's a lot, a lot of pressure, pressure on one, for one a, human a 24 year old yep it's a lot of pressure woman. on one human That's, being and really God. T- at 24 in in olympic gymnastics in, in amateur, that's like, like a grandma she's, she's like old a grandma. yeah like there's nothing that mm-hmm. probably nothing about her that doesn't hurt but either way we tend as Americans to be pretty greedy about medals, gold medals in particular. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there tends to be this, you know, unspoken, sometimes spoken idea that if you didn't get the gold, you lost. Mm, right. Don't like think the so. whole. That's not, how, that's not the Olympic the movement. That's Ricky not how the Bobby, Olympic movement works. Talladega Nights thing of yeah. if you're not first, <laughs> you're last. <laughs> Lord, no, that is no, that is Thanks, not we'll the fail. Olympic spirit. That <laughs> is not, not the Olympic that's not spirit. That's not what we're going for. No, that's no, not what we're going for. Nah. Anyway, if you're an Olympics <laughs> fan, I hope you're having a good time watching it. I think it's real weird, but it's still Olympics. And, mm-hmm. and any time there's Olympics, it's better than when there's not Olympics. Anyway, we're actually doing some shows here mm-hmm. at the Civic Theater. Yes. Chief among Saturday them, night. we have Saturday Night, night Fever. Just a, just yep. about to open. It will open. As you are listening to this, it is opening tonight. Thursday yes. night. And tickets are almost and gone. And tickets are almost gone. I mean, we, there are still tickets left. There's some, we some hope. straggling There won't seats, be for but long. But no. But we are we're doing very well on this show, as we mm-hmm. always do. It is a very yes. popular program and a very popular mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kept telling people we had a dress rehearsal on Saturday, our first dress rehearsal. And... Uh, I'm uh, I'm 55 years old. For those of you who don't know that, so I was born in 1965. So I was uh, 11 years old, 12 years old when this movie came out. 11, I think. Yeah, I can't remember the math. I don't remember exactly when it came out. Anyway, the clothing, walking around, the hair, walking around backstage. It was like I was back in my childhood. It was kind of kind of oh, weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Just a really weird, like I'm. these kids keep coming out of the dressing room and I'm like, oh my gosh, just shaking my head. Yeah, I think I wore something like that. <laughs> and, and, you know, 
That's that's it. The seventies. They were they were unique. That's got to be so fun for those high schoolers. I think it is. Those, they seem to be having to a good time clothes. with it. Yeah, they seem to be having a good time with it. Although it's largely speaking, a lot more clothes, a lot more complex clothes, and a lot more tight fitting clothes than they are typically used to wearing right now. So we will also have our first sneak view audience. That yeah. we've had. SS for sneak view. Now the good news is this is a sneak view. Yeah. Light. This is sneak view light. I think it will yes. maybe have like fifty people who will have been here for sneak view. Right. As okay. opposed to five hundred. Yeah. A lot of times it's a full house. Whoa. So we're excited about that. I mean all of this all of this points to good 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 directions. As we mentioned before, there are no restrictions to the, the number of people in the audience. There's no mm-hmm. distancing. There's no masks required for audience members. Mm-hmm. I also want to take a moment to say that we worked very, very hard to get everyone vaccinated who is involved with this show. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone has been vaccinated except for one participant. And I think that that puts us all in a fairly safe position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So far, so good. It's nice to see performers up there with no masks on. Um, oh, yeah. You know, being able to see faces and not have that sort of muffled. Yes, that is awesome like charlie brown family people the you know the adults and it doesn't quite sound that bad but there are definitely it's definitely it's amazing how much that just a little bit of cloth can be a barrier to the clarity of one's mm-hmm. voice yeah. so it's exciting it's exciting to be able to do this and then sort of you know it's the last show as we count it to our 2020 2021 season Mm-hmm. And to sort of be back, as you will, with full houses and, you know, minimal restrictions um, yeah. is pretty exciting. Are you exhausted? I don't know what that is, Caroline. <laughs> oh, yeah. You say you can't uh, you can't let your feel your, I, yourself I, feel exhausted. No, because if I did, I would just wouldn't get up. Yeah. I just would just not get up. Yeah. Just know. stay down. <laughs> Do you feel like... Just stay down, um, Michael. Just stay down. Just stay down. <laughs> Do you feel like you're you're riding the bike again or not? I feel like I'm riding the bike, but there's still an awful lot of extra stuff that you have to do. And so that just, yeah. it just it's, a, it's a little bit more that just makes it a little bit more exhausting. Mm. But yeah, we're getting there. I mean, this is... Again, I, I think I've said it before. I, I think we got this whole season upcoming before we're sort of going to get to a place where we're back to what it was, you know, in February of 2020. Right. In terms of just just our comfort level with how things are going, with, mm-hmm. with not having sure. to worry. It's just like, I was thinking about it this morning. You, the business we're in is full of challenges every day things you don't know are coming but things you can guess at and things you can prepare for mm-hmm. think about a worldwide pandemic that you didn't know was coming and so little is still known about it in specific terms yeah. but you don't you still don't know what's coming you still don't know what the ramifications are you still don't know what might happen what might change what mm-hmm. new guidelines going to come what new recommendations going to come what new rule is going to come and it's going to affect how you can do it and you can't plan for it because you don't know love that so that said it is our full intention to have full houses 100 percent occupancy no restrictions that will interfere with your ability to enjoy a show at civic theater mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future everybody cross your fingers knock on wood do whatever you need to do to make sure that that happens yes, yes. and stay healthy 
Yes. <laughs> Drink water. So let's talk about something else because yuck. Yeah. Yuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things that are actually fun and actually good for fun. you. <laughs> Truth. Yes. So today we are talking about 10 years at the Center for the Performing Arts. <laughs> And now Civic has been around a lot longer than 10 years, but we've been here at the Center in Carmel for 10 years as of this Saturday. It's, <laughs> it, my brain struggles with wrapping around that. So uh, as you mentioned, yes, we've, this is, we're finishing up our 106th season of continuous operation. We, yet yeah, we continue to operate during a pandemic it was not normal by any means, but we did continue. But we still so Civic has operated. continued to operate through <laughs> two worldwide pandemics because we were around during the Spanish flu. <laughs> through two world wars. Yeah. 9-11. A lot of tragic. A lot of tragic incidences have all we've got we've been through a lot of things over the years and we have continued on. Um, and while the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic was the most dramatic effect on our day-to-day operations and our ability to present a season. We still managed to do it, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of amazing. Mm-hmm. And it and it was our 10th season at the Center for the Performing Arts. That's bonkers. It is. It is. <laughs> I've moved this theater twice in the last 17 years. Which I don't want to. I don't ever want to. Don't move a theater if you have a choice. Just don't. <laughs> so just mad. don't do it. I feel it. like it's, you're the leading expert in that. Uh, certainly locally, I'm the leading expert. I think <laughs> just yeah. because I've done it twice in 17 years. Oh my gosh, that would be so stressful. It it's uh you know what it's like anything else that we do. Quite honestly, hmm. there's this workload and it has to be done and you do it with a system and you just tick the boxes. It's it's just what it's it's sort of like putting on a show. Sure. Yeah. It's like putting on a show. You you know, here's here's the parameters. This is what has to happen. Here's the date it has to happen by. Here's the plan to get there. Of course it never goes to plan. Nothing ever does. No rehearsal mm-hmm. process goes to plan. No mm-hmm. planning process goes 100% to plan. But you have contingencies and, you know, so yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. I mean, you know, look, it's uh, I've said it Many times before, uh, to anyone who's talked to me about us being up here uh, in Carmel after being in Indianapolis for nearly 100 years, you know, we couldn't ask for a better circumstance. We couldn't ask for better partners in the Center for the Performing Arts in the city of Carmel. They've been Mm -hmm. so supportive over the years. And it is a state-of-the-art facility, or at least it was a state-of-the-art facility when we moved into it. The problem with state-of-the-art is it lasts for like a fraction of a second before it's yeah. no longer the state-of-the-art. But it's still a fine, fine performance facility that we are proud <laughs> yes. proud to have to call our home and proud to you know be um, a resident company here. Uh, at the mm-hmm. Center for the Performing Arts. So to that it's been 10 years that we've gone through 10 full seasons here. It's really kind of hard. You know, time flies when you're having fun, I guess, is really all you can <laughs> can say about it. Yeah. Um, wow. Just wow. I, rem- I really have a visceral memory of remembering sitting on the Tarkington stage at the dedication ceremony on July 31st, 2011. Um, and uh, it was an exciting day. It was like, Felt, felt like a real, hey, we made it. We made it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, in the weeks leading up to that, moved into our offices, which are also here on site at the Center mm-hmm. for the Performing Arts. And so it was, uh, it was sort of the completion of everything. But we were already in rehearsal for the Drowsy Chaperone. We were already Crazy. getting that ready to go All because right. it, it opened in September of 2011. Mm-hmm. So we were already wow. in that rehearsal process and we had moved into the rehearsal halls here and discovered that we really needed a lot of acoustic work in those halls because they were nearly impossible to rehearse in because of the reflective sound in the rooms. Oh, no. They were so big. It was like you, you couldn't understand or hear anything. You could just hear everything. Mm-hmm. So we had yeah, to actually. Terrible. So we actually had to move our rehearsals somewhere else for two or three days while we added acoustic materials to the walls and ceilings wow. in oh the rehearsal goodness. hall. Yeah, it was a it was a kind of a crazy little thing. It sounds like it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was exciting stuff. I just keep thinking that ten years ago I was in high school. High school. <laughs> high school. My gosh. <laughs> well, I had no idea this was happening. Well, I mean, I knew the center was opening but i don't think i knew civic was here at the time i think a lot of people didn't and you know we you know we'd been at marion university uh before and we'd only been there for seven years because it had only been not that long before that that we had left our long time our 33 year home at uh newfields which was then right. the indianapolis museum of art well um, i didn't realize that we had been there for yep, so long yep yep we had been there mm. for quite a while um so i mean that was the only home i ever knew civic to be in because i've as you've all probably learned by now been here longer than dirt um (laughs) but so yeah i'm in my 32nd year of working in civic theater um so i worked at my first place that i worked at civic was at the museum of art Hmm. in the showalter pavilion yes the show walter pavilion um so yeah it was uh um so i think that a lot of people didn't even know we were at marion like yeah we it's it's weird you move a theater mm-hmm. it does you can move it having done it twice now i have formed this opinion you can move it a block you can move it to a different city and it's sort of the same effect people there's this long process of re-educating people about where you are and what you do mm-hmm. You know, there's almost when you're you are identified as where you are, which was partly what the deal was when we were at the Museum of Art. Yeah. Was that people we were synonymous with that facility and people just knew that. And prior to that, we were located on North Alabama Street, which is where Footlight is. And the same thing. We'd been there for 35, 40 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's. You know, people people identify you with your location, then it becomes the game of trying to re-educate them. Well, we're not gone. We're just in a new place. Mm-hmm. We joked about it all the time. <laughs> when we were up here, the first several years we were up here, we'd say, oh, yeah, we're at the Center for the Performing Arts. We're like, where's that? You know, the Palladium. Oh, the Palladium. Everybody uh-huh. knows what the Palladium is. Yes. But they really struggle with the concept of the Center for the Performing Arts, even though the Palladium is just one performance space at the Center for the Performing Arts where there mm-hmm. are two other performance spaces plus a big green out front and all yeah. these other things that happen. For the longest time, every time we went to the Carmel Fest or the yep. International Arts mm-hmm. Festival, people would go, oh, are you in the, in the, in the parking garage building? <laughs> The parking oh, garage no. building. Yes, we are. No. That's actually, True. there are two theaters 
in the building attached to the parking garage. Or the holidays, I have to also point out another benefit. So you can come to Civic, park in the garage, you see a Civic show, but you can also go out to the Chris Kindle Mart mm-hmm. right out front. Especially if oh, yes. you come early. Come early. Then you get mm-hmm. a dope parking spot. Better parking, <laughs> little food, little mold wine. A little hot chocolate. The Reclet. Maybe, maybe Isn't that what it's oh, called? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! I Sausage. Love yeah, so all the, this is good stuff. So well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I mean, all this is to say one of the I, I think one of the things that I have to say about the move to Carmel that has been a huge benefit to our patron base is our previous locations were never located close to restaurants, close mm-hmm. to some place you could go before or after a show. They were sort of off by themselves and it wasn't really that opportunity. So you sort of had to plan differently, but it can be more of an, an evening of entertainment where you go out to dinner before or go out to get a drink before, come to the show, and even can go out afterwards because our, our curtain times typically are early enough that there's still time after a show to go get a drink or go get a little yeah. you know, oh, yeah. late night snack. Or if you like to eat late like I do, you can do that <laughs> as well. So, I mean, but Carmel, of course, has tons of opportunities for both before and after. All uh, within. Mo- very, many within walking yeah, distance. Within like walking can, distance or yeah. a very short drive. So it was a real upgrade for us in so many ways to come here. Um, you know, we were sad to leave Indianapolis, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this was the opportunity that was presented to us. And it was certainly one that was um, enormous. We couldn't pass it up. It was just it was too good. Yeah. Um, so we're excited to be here 10 years on. It just, man, every time I say it, I just think, really, there's been 10 years worth of shows. That's, uh, I don't have the count, but I can do it roughly in my head. That's 75-ish shows that we've done in Carmel now. Wow. That's crazy. Shows. I mean, that's crazy. And we've had more performances than that. It's going to be a few hundred performances. Right? Oh, of, yeah. I mean... Absolutely. Especially thinking there, of like Cat in the Hat. There have been, there have been uh, <laughs> 56 performances of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in Here. Carmel. Yeah, <laughs> just, just in Carmel. In Carmel. And that's only three productions. <laughs> oh my God. By the time we're done in December, there will have been 36 performances of Elf. Yeah, that's only, a lot. This will only be the second time we've done that. Correct. Ever. Mm -hmm. There have been about 35, 36 performances of uh, Mary Poppins, because we've done Mm -hmm. that show twice since we've been here. We haven't done a lot of repeats. Um, You know, for those of you who who don't sort of track what we do year in, year out, you know, you you try and give somewhere between seven and ten years between times that you do a show. It has a lot to do with people's demand and their interest in it, how popular it was the first time. Um, I think if we could get Les Miserables again soon we would do it sooner rather than later it was very popular but it's 2014 when we did Les Miserables that mm-hmm. was that was sort of in the middle of our 10 years here yeah right because I started here what was the opening show was it Young Frankenstein was that the opening show of 2016 20, 2016 2017 and was Fiddler 2015 it was the it was 2016 but it was the 15-16 season it was Right. It was April, May of 2016. Right. Because I started teaching here in 2015. 
15. Then the, so then the following fall was Young Frankenstein. So Yes. Yes. Yeah. I started teaching here late 2015. So that's weird to, I mean, just that I've been around for that long. You old. I know. No. No. I'm going to fight that. You're not old. <laughs> you're, you're only Nobody here is actually me. old. I don't on the wanna, outside, no. I'm 28. On the inside, I'm 88. <laughs> 88 might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah. 63. I'll go, with 60. I'll go with 63. 63. <laughs> I like it. On Coolant the inside, Swift. I'm definitely the age that I am. On the ins- on the outside, eh, we'll see. Depends. If I don't break anything today, it's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing else swells up on me. No other muscle you know, no. tears or Your poor like elbow. That. Truth. I got terrible elbow people. So, I mean, earlier we talked about how it was coming here was a deal that you just couldn't yeah. pass up in a lot of ways i mean i i'd like to say that uh there were seven people who wanted us and carmel gave the best deal and we just said we can't pass that up mm-hmm. not true um you know it turns out that you know getting uh municipal or corporate support for a community theater is is pretty hard you know we work yeah. at it on a regular basis and i think we all know that uh well, arts in general i mean you can get some and but you know it's this is a big ask this was mm-hmm. this was moving a theater from indianapolis that had long from a long time uh, geographic home uh and it's not a small deal or building a theater is not a small deal mm-hmm. um, it at that point we were looking you know exploring the possibility of building our own space and we were looking at between 18 and 25 million dollars depending on the location and exactly what oh it was gosh. we were going to build <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so in order money. to build a theater <laughs> um wow. and so um we it became clear that our residency at Marion University no longer served either organization. Uh, Marion University was really trying to expand into being a full um, osteopathic medical school. Hmm. Uh, They've been famous for their nursing program, among other things, um, but they wanted to expand into, into training doctors as well. And so they wanted to build a lot you know, a lot of things new on their campus, which is a finite space and finding space to build a new theater on there, which was the original plan there. Just it just didn't wasn't in the cards. It, it looked clearer mm-hmm. and clearer that it just wasn't going to be in anybody's in the, our mutual best interest. So we put out an RFP, a request for proposal hmm. to 17 entities in the central Indiana area. And this is includes cities, um, you know. Uh, builders uh we you know we participated in one of the bids for the old market square arena space downtown I don't know, a lot of you oh. know what oh. that is uh, mm-hmm. now there's a whole foods there and a bunch of other things that are you know in that area that that used to be occupied by market square arena but at the time that we were looking it was just an empty lot and they were they were oh. soliciting bids for what would be built there and who would build it and we participated with a, in a couple of bids there because there was a thought of putting a theater in there as well. Um, but that didn't work out. None of them worked out. We put out 17 uh, you know, requests to 17 different entities, and we got most of them back with a, hey, we don't really think there's anything we can do together right now, but mm-hmm. good luck. But 
great. Mm. The city of Carmel <laughs> was interested because they were in the, the beginning stages of building the Center for the Performing Arts and sort of putting together all the bid packages and figuring mm-hmm. out exactly how this was. And so we made a deal with the city of Carmel that we would bring X dollars to the table in order for a facility to be designed with our home being here, us us being in mind as one of the resident companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, there were uh, there was a local community theater, Carmel, Carmel Repertory Theater, which was an offshoot of Carmel Community Players. They were sort of the primary driver because they were local uh, and had an established relationship with the mayor and the city of Carmel and all the funding people who were putting oh, okay. this together. And so, you know, it was... It was absolutely key that they were involved in this. But Civic coming in brought a lot of money and a lot of resources to the table and also the ability to bring not just a performance program that was pretty robust, but also an education program that was very Mm -hmm. robust. Yes. Uh, to to the table. And so I think it made us very appealing to, and there are other resident companies as well. Gregory Hancock Dance Theater is part of this. Indiana Mm -hmm. Wind Symphony, Central Indiana Dance Ensemble, uh, Carmel Symphony Orchestra, and probably, uh, and uh, Actress Theater of Indiana. Yeah, it's, you know, the deal itself was substantially before, and then we went through the building process and I, for 18 months, I came up here at least two days a week to meet with contractors and the building, uh, the the construction company, and the site superintendent, and all the people who were involved uh, with getting this done. That was that just became part yes. of my job. In addition to yeah. producing theater at Marion for a year and a half, I was also coming up here twice a week, trying to get this done. So it was it was exciting, um, but it was also kind of crazy. But we are <laughs> we are forever grateful to the city of Carmel, not just for the opportunity to be here, but for their ongoing support of our existence here in an annual granting program, which is a substantial amount uh, of money that that helps us operate year in, year out, and certainly mm-hmm. helped during a pandemic. Yeah, well, as the city of Carmel and our mayor, Mayor Brainerd is so, he's such an advocate for the arts. He is, truthfully, truthfully. And really, I mean, this is part of his vision for Carmel to become a world-class community. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it wasn't long into our tenure here, maybe a few months, that I realized that, you know, the people that I was working with who were Carmel residents never left Carmel. I mean, that's an exaggeration. Of course, they leave Carmel, but they didn't need to leave Carmel because everything they needed is here. And that's sort of, Mm -hmm. that's the transformation that the mayor and the city council and all the leadership of the last two, three decades here in Carmel has taken what used to be a bedroom community which for those of you who don't know what that is, means basically people sleep here and then they leave their community to go work somewhere else. Sure. They don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. Most of the people who live here, work here, go to school here, play here. Mm-hmm. Really the only thing that Carmel doesn't have is professional sports. Yeah. And that's very close, available in, in downtown Indianapolis mm-hmm. very easily. Lots of people go do that. We don't have like so that massive music concert facility, but... In these facilities here at the Center for the Performing Arts, you get a much more intimate, sometimes more interesting experience with at the Palladium with bringing in national acts and you know nationally recognized arts organizations, and then the Studio Theater and the Tarkington, which is our primary home, our home to so many of our local arts organizations that perform yeah. here. So I don't feel like there's ever been a day that I have taken for granted what we have here mm-hmm. in terms of our opportunities what it affords us the ability to do yeah everyone is welcome and we would love to have you come if you haven't been 
to Carmel to see a show at Civic or something at Palladium or something at any of the performance facilities in Carmel area, please come. It's an amazing mm-hmm. place. It really is. It really is. Parking's generally easy. And these free. Are, they're beautiful mm-hmm. facilities. Um, and, I mean, these were all big, big reasons why we made the move up here. I mean, you know, if it had been a terrible fit, we wouldn't have done it. I mean, no matter who, how many people did or didn't embrace our, you know, request to, to you know, partner and, and find a new home. Right. It had to be. It still had to be the right thing. You, you sure. Know, you still had to make it work. So um, it's just been an amazing experience, you know, really from top to bottom for us. So 70 some shows. Yeah. In 10 years. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Oh, favorite shows are kind of like choosing favorite children because they're all <laughs> complicated in their own way. Um, the fact that my first Broadway show was Les Miserables and that I saw it in previews mm-hmm. in, on Broadway mm-hmm. like two days before it opened in March of 1987 means that the, you know, and, and the thought that a lot of my career, I never thought I'd get to do it, was that. 27 years after I saw it on Broadway, I finally got the opportunity to do it, and it was here. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's going to be up there. It has sure. to be up there. It's also an amazing piece of theater, you know. And I know there are a lot of people out there who don't like it, um, but it is largely one of the most popular shows in the history of theater mm-hmm. uh, with audiences. And there's a reason why it's difficult for us to get the rights to it because it is always out on tour, pandemics notwithstanding. It is been running on broadway most of the last four decades Mm -hmm. um and uh so that's that's definitely one but i also have to say the ability to do some things where we've we've brought diversity more diversity to the civic stage things like hairspray um you know sort of expanding our casting process over the last five to six years and including more people of color in roles that are maybe not traditionally given to them but you know have have become something of a tradition at civic Mm -hmm. to try and do that um the last four years that we've done the cat in the hat our cat is an african-american performer uh, which is exciting. And that's become a staple at Civic, the cat in the hat. It's also, I think that's an exciting thing for us to do. Yeah. Um, and I have to say that uh, the other favorite for me was an op- has been the opportunities that I've had to work with my wife on stage, which mm-hmm. doesn't come as often as either one of us would like for it to, but Fiddler on the Roof, uh, which we did in the spring of 2016, uh, will always be a real highlight. First of all, it's a great show. It's a great mm-hmm. show. It's a great story. It's a timeless story. Um and uh, as classics, as sort of Broadway classics go, so there's a show from the 60s. There are not a lot of those that have the kind of legs to stand and be popular right. no, time and really time and time again. And it really mm-hmm. does stand out. And it's always popular with our audiences. And so yeah. so it's been now uh, five years since we did that show. It won't be more than two or three years probably again before we're really seriously considering putting that back on a season just because it is so popular with audiences. Oh, yeah. But that's a real highlight. You know, and it was came at the end of a very difficult year as well. Uh, A lot of upheaval, a lot of change here at Civic. Um, So it was exciting to be able to see sort of see something like that. High quality come to fruition on this stage after a very difficult year. So it'll always have a special place in my heart. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's been 
my favorite experience is getting to dialect coach all the stuff that I've gotten to do. Yeah. Which is really fun. We've given you a lot of work over the last few years. A lot of accents. A lot (laughs) of them. And I mean, it's pretty much, we almost always do at least one. At least one a year. That has a dialect. Yeah. And there was two seasons ago, three years ago, where like every show we did. Every show we did have a dialect. Some sort of dialect. And I'm excited to get back into the swing with, uh, with Matilda. Because we yeah. got started on it. It's true. We got started on it, but we didn't, we didn't, you know, get very that, that didn't um, work. Wah, wah. But <laughs> I think my favorite show that I've seen here is when the high schoolers did a chorus line. Look, people. Man, that you, show was good. And also, another plug Holy for Saturday Holy. Night Fever. The, the talent that we put on stage with these high school performers, our young artists, is a is, it, Insane. Yeah, it's a pre-professional mm-hmm. program, and they're treated, you know, to be. They're expected to behave as professionals as much oh, as yeah. they possibly can. Uh, and we don't, we don't cut any corners here. These kids are expected to do what largely we expect. Sometimes we expect more from them. Well, yeah, you want to see kids who are truly dedicated. But agree, we've done two doing. two productions of a chorus line in our ten years here. One for the main stage. Uh, and then also in 2019, the summer, uh, we did it for the Young Artists. And it was, I would put it up against any of our main stage shows. It was phenomenal. High quality. High, it was high phenomenal. quality uh, oh, performances. So and the production itself was just terrific. So, yeah, I agree with you. Of course, I also love A Chorus Line. It's one of my favorite <laughs> shows in the history of theater. So we are, as you listen to this on Thursday, we're just two days away from our time capsule event. Yeah. So, Tessa, what's going in the time capsule? <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of items going in the time capsule. Um, no people, though. No, we've had some no. suggestions to put some people no. in, in the time capsule. And I don't no. think that's going to work out. No. no, this this time capsule is uh, pretty small. It's uh, just a wee. wooden box with a lid. A wee <laughs> that's it. wooden box. <laughs> I mean, it's bigger than your late, average like, box, but it's right. not a big enough for a person. No, 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 no. I no, nope. Anyways, we're putting some smaller objects in the time capsule. Um, not to spoil it all, but some pictures are going in of significant events. Um, we're putting in a costume piece from Elf. Some masks. Yeah, well, one mask. I didn't want to put too many. <laughs> because we just because we gotta we got to remember it. Yeah, I guess. Or at least recognize that it existed I and it, that it put a bump happened. in the history. You know, true. so a mask no, is true. going in. You're, you're right, of course. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to hear that more. You're right, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am right. Um, we're putting in a letter from a child who saw the cat in the hat. Oh, yes. And had just a glowing review. Bam. Ben. He bended. Oh, ben. ben did not like critical. Yeah. So uh, we're putting that in. Uh, we have notes from Les Mis from Brent E. Marty. He donated some of his notes from the show nice. that have like casting and things like that. And but if you can, uh, if you if you're planning to see Saturday Night Fever on Saturday, we are doing mm-hmm. this time capsule event at 6 p.m. before mm-hmm. the 7 p.m. show. So if you want to join us, you're welcome to join us. Yep. It'll be in the lobby of the Tarkington. Yep. The bar will be open. The bar so will be open. So you can grab a drink. Yes, and the bar will be open. Because <laughs> what, what you definitely need to do after 10 years is have a drink. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you do. Yes. <laughs> and there's a little gift for everyone that comes. Yay. Oh, there is. A present. Gift with attendance. Yes. Yes. And you can also participate in the time capsule. We're going to have little pieces of paper that you can write your favorite civic memory on so that you can put something personal in the time capsule. And anything put in the time capsule like that or the staff letters, they're not going to be read until we open this thing in 2036. Wow, 2036. So put whatever you want. The question I guess. is, everybody. <laughs> I want everybody. If you write something in there, I, I want you all to like put like down in the lower corner of whatever you write. Just put, just put the odds. Odds that Michael will still be here in 2036. <laughs> oh my gosh, oh an my under God. over. <laughs> an over under. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, if you can join us, it's going to be a great, great little event. Not too long, mm-hmm. and there's a show right after it because yeah. that's what we do, people. We put on shows. We put on a lot of shows. (laughs) I do want to take another opportunity to thank the Center for the Performing Arts, the mayor, and the city of Carmel uh, for all the support over the years and getting us to 10 years here. It's it's been bumpy uh, in a couple spots, but we've made it through. Uh, and the future does look bright. It really does. And uh, we can't wait to get started with year number 11 in Carmel and the 107th consecutive year of operation for the, for the Civic Theater. Yeah. 107. Ooh. Wow. Anyways, we've been talking about it like crazy. Saturday Night Fever it really is pretty close to selling out, everybody. So if you want those tickets, you have to go to civictheater.org or you can call the box office at 317-843-3800. Speaking of tickets, today, this very day, yes. single tickets are on sale for all of our shows this season. That is yeah. The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. That is The Color Purple, Charlie Brown Christmas, Elf the Musical, Diary of Anne Frank, Wait Until Dark, Matilda the Musical, all on sale today. Mm-hmm. So if you have been waiting for a specific show, now's the time. Get in there. Get your best seats. If you want to see all those shows, get a subscription, people. It's a much yeah. better deal. It and you is. can do everything from get a flex card where you choose exactly what performances or you can pick a regular night and time to see shows. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's such a good deal. You'll save at least $10 and in some cases up to $25 over mm-hmm. the overall. More than that, actually. There's one of them where you almost save the entire cost. So you're almost getting one show for free. Yeah, well, and if you... Check out our Facebook page too. We just released the cast list cast for, list for Color yes. Purple and Elf, yeah. mm-hmm. and Super those exciting. shows are gonna be so good. You do not want to miss them. Oh yeah! And if you get a subscription on top of the five shows, you can or five main stage shows, you can add on Charlie Brown Christmas. Charlie Brown Christmas want. is an add-on. Yes, and it's a nice little, just a 30, 35 minute stage version of the animated special from your childhood. Yep. People, it'll be fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Uh, we're also getting ready to take our break. Uh, yeah. It starts in <laughs> just about 10 days, and we will oh be gone gosh. for just about nine days. Yep. Uh, There's so, so much to do before then. I know. I know. <laughs> but we will be gone oh, no. uh, the 9th through the 13th. So mm-hmm. um, we'll have as much information as we can up on our website, and you can contact the Center for the Performing Arts to buy tickets. Mm-hmm. But um, us, you won't get to talk to for a week. We'll nope. get back to you as soon as we can after yep. we return. But we'll, we'll still have a podcast. We'll still have a podcast. And it will be recorded Definitely in advance. Coming up. Definitely coming It'll up. It'll be there. Yep. And again, for the podcast, if you want your friends to listen to it, your family, whoever, you know, your dog walker, whoever you want, 
You can tell them that the podcast is on all of those major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're probably on there. (laughs) And if you don't like the podcasting platforms, not into that, don't want to pay for an account, whatever, you don't have an excuse because they're all available on civictheater.org. We have a podcast tab on there for free. Full service. We do. Full Mm -hmm. service. They're all there. If you like what you hear, (laughs) if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of the previous iterations of this podcast, please leave us a good rating on these platforms. (laughs) Really helps. It does. It really, really Mm -hmm. helps us. Next week, we're going to change our format up a little bit. We are. Caroline has invented a thing. It's called (laughs) Civic Debates. We're going to have a little uh, roundtable discussion. Yeah, Yeah. we are going to do two of them the next two weeks. So the week before we leave and the week that we're gone, we're going to try something a little different, which is where we're going to talk about something arts related, theater related, caramel related roundabout related and it's hopefully controversial be, <laughs> yes and yeah. we're going to have a discussion with a group of people about said topic i think it's going to be it's i think it's going to be good it's going to be different than what we've done so far mm-hmm. which we think will be a nice kind of change up of, of of the pace so kind of scooting yeah. away from talking about civic for a couple weeks and going into Amazing. just talking about theater well, it sounds exciting to me, and it'll be a, yeah. a nice, refreshing change. So I hope that that sounds great to you, and you will join us again next week and the following week and the following week. All the weeks. But until then, I'm Michael. <laughs> and I'm Tessa. And this is Civically, Civically Speaking. Speaking.